Oh yeah! Listen to how loud you sound. Oh yeah. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiway. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that aren't shoved down your throat from That's Hollywood. Great. Kudos to you. And we're doing we're saying that transition because the movie we're critiquing this week is The, the Good, Good, the, the Bad, bad and, and the, the Hungry. Yeah. And our top It's a 30 for 30. It's a yes, 30 for 30 on ESPN. Wow, you knew that. I know my stuff. I know my stuff. <laughs> I know my stuff. And the top five that we're doing this week. Top five. Disgusting food scenes. Disgusting food scenes. Hey, I'm ready. I'm I'm on board here. Hey, I? man, you... I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to rock and you're roll. You're all about it. I am. Hey, I am. you know, uh, some people wrote in with top five music videos. We talked about music videos last week, and uh, there's a few good ones here. Some people uh, reiterated what I talked about with Smack My Bitch Up. Uh <laughs> Have you seen the video, Cake's video for Short Skirt, Long Jacket? I haven't. Jacket? Yeah, it's I a great video of just, uh, it's just people like on, uh, in Santa Monica. And they, what the video is, is they've taken the song and they just play it through headphones, like on a CD player. And it's different people who've never heard the song before, just listening to it going, this is cool. I like this. Or, oh man, this band is awful. And that's all it that's is. It? It's just people that, listening to it. the song for the first time. Yeah. Uh, and it's really cute. It's th- they've got some really good characters who all kind of describe the song like, "Oh, I like this part of this m- the music." It's really cool. Interesting. We got some other emails too. Oh, I haven't heard of these. Wolf Wolf Totem by who? Does that mean H U? Does that mean anything to you? Mm. Uh, Heaven Knows by uh, Pretty uh, Pretty Reckless. The Pretty Reckless. Yeah. You familiar with that? Sabotage. You know, by the you know the Boys? sabotage know. video, don't you? I don't know these, this uh, was another Spike Lee or Spike Jones video where it was, uh, you know, the Beastie Boys, right? Yes. And so the three of them are. Uh, it's kind of an homage to the 1970s TV shows where they all have all the cops have the big thick mustaches right. and they're always right. busting people and doing car chases through the boxes in the alleyway that you know go flying up. And so it was a lot of that, and it's just a whole a three minute little homage to. As if it was the opening scene to a uh, the opening credits to a TV show called Sabotage. Right, right. It's Got just, it. It's, it's all uh, it just cut together a big montage of, yeah. of these characters who are these busting people. Hey, I lived of. through those shows. Oh, those, yeah. those shows. You were being me. busted, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, someone else wrote and suggested uh, Night Boat by Duran Duran. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. And this person said it was before Michael Jackson did Thriller, and it actually won the Grammy for long form musical video in 1993 right. uh, where the band members get attacked by zombies. Yeah. Sound familiar? So There's another video uh, that I meant to mention last week. Uh, it was called uh, From Your Mouth. It's by a, uh, oh, what's the name of the band? Uh, some little, it'll come to me. But the video, this week it reminded me because we were talking about competitive eating and the video is all about like, oh, I won't believe it till I hear it from your mouth. That's what the lyrics are. But the video is a guy who's just sitting there. It's all one shot and a guy eating all sorts of stuff. He's eating like an ice cream cone and it's just him kind of slowly, methodically eating all of this stuff, but it's all played in reverse. So it all comes up out of his mouth. So he's got a uh, sausage link that he pulls up out of his mouth, an ice cream cone that comes from his mouth. And it's a really cool little play on the on the, the lyrics to the song. Got it. From your mouth. Boy, suddenly my five of last week seem really inane. Ooh, I want to dance with somebody. You know, they seem very... Yeah. Well, no, they seem that way. Not just suddenly this week. They've suddenly always, last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on. You, no, you respect you respected my five. You know, somebody else wrote us an email, too, about uh, our critique of uh, anime and about how we saw it's not much in the way of story. And this person, it's something we, we certainly touched upon, that it had to wash over you to elicit an emotional response. And we certainly agree with that. In other films, too, uh, we could make that argument with something like 2001, Space Odyssey, that it's experiential. Right. Because if you say, what's the plot of 2001? Right. But it's something you experience and, and feel. So again, this person wrote, again, I see the value of filmmaking, the music, the choreography, um, as an abstract experience which can wash over you to elicit your emotions. Yes. And that's that's a valid comment. Yeah. Absolutely, that's with that I thought that was a, a really nice critique of us critiquing <laughs> it was a, a way for a good critique on our uh, critique yes yeah that's exactly what it was yeah yeah fair <sighs> by the way that that video I was talking about uh from your mouth is from a band called god lives underwater god lives underwater hey man you sound, <laughs> <laughs> you, idiot. you sound different today i do yeah. yeah because we're someplace else where are we? We're at your place We're today. My, this is the first time we've ever done this. I know. This is cool. It, I didn't have to schlep over to your home. You schlepped to my place. Yeah. So why are you here? I'm here because my daughter is way too freaking loud. Oh, I'm blaming it all on my daughter, huh? Is that, yeah. She started teething, and yeah. she's uh, she's just making a lot of noise. Well, and just, just bitch slap her. Well, I do, yeah. but then she cries more. And you know, you choke her out for a few minutes and shut up, baby. Yeah, yeah. And then they go to sleep for a little bit, but then they wake up. God, so stupid. This is the fourth baby of, you know, the first one that I've actually gotten this far with, but you know. <laughs> yeah, like enough already. So you left producer Joey home with this crying, teething child. Yeah, because I figured uh it's probably better better radio. For us to not have a baby crying in the background. I don't know. A lot of people like hearing that. It's organic. <laughs> I, I have gotten that comment from quite a few people. They love hearing every now and then a little whimper, this would a, not little be cry, a little cry, a little noise. It's like touching. It's emotional. It reminds us that we're all human beings, yeah. that we're all on this earth together. One, I don't agree with that. <laughs> and two, I definitely don't think this would be an occasional. This would be a uh, constant screaming in the background. Do you remember when we first brought her home, one of the episodes, um, she was quiet as a church mouse I know. until we started recording. And then yes. as soon as we yeah. started recording, this was like maybe three days after she was born. And then she went for it. And it was her first poop. And that was what was getting her all That's upset. what was going on, right? Yeah. So is this going to be a new thing? Robert, do you think you'll be coming over to my place a lot more frequently? I hope not. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's hard to get through like all the dead bodies and stuff you've got piled up by the front door. It's like Shh, no one's supposed to know about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, and sorry. the and the women I have chained I'll, under I'll my just, bed, all three of them. <laughs> they just make so much noise. Like, I know. Yeah, help, help, let me yeah. out, let well, me out. Well, they're teething also. That's <laughs> <laughs> they're de-teething. You keep knocking their teeth out, taking a chisel to their molars. Hey, man. Hey, um, I, can I just mention one other thing before yeah. we do slide in the Week in Review? And that is that somebody wrote to us um, something we discussed two weeks ago and three weeks ago about the scooters, yeah. those electric scooters that yeah. are all over the place right now. England had its first fatality, its first one in the British Isles, and she evidently was a YouTube star. Mm. She was, She's quite young. Uh, e Emily was her first name, and uh, she was killed on one of those damn contraptions. You sent me this. Let me yeah, go pull I it sent up. You the, um, That's an interesting article. Emily... Um, with an H. Her last name was with an H. I was tempted to put her in the dead corner because she is a YouTube star. Partridge. Yeah. And uh, a truck. She had an altercation with a truck and she was killed on the scene. Is it an altercation when a truck runs you over? 
That's putting it mildly, I think. Oh, well, what, oh collision might be a better word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just a, a smushing. A smushing. A smushing of... I had an altercation with a truck. That sounds like you got into a bar fight. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, something this, drunk, has, this yeah. truck was looking at me wrong. Yeah, bar fights. I can relate to that. <laughs> you ever been in a bar fight? Oh, are you kidding? No. Have you ever been in a fight? No. Have you? I've never went to fisticuffs. I love that expression. I never hit anyone in a. I What's never met closest? anyone at the flagpole after class. Yeah, but they all challenged you. You just didn't. Well, show. yeah, I didn't show up. I went home <laughs> and I put on puppet shows for my parents. <laughs> What's the closest you've ever been to being in a fight? No, no, I would. I can we like talk about? I want to talk things out. But can you think well, of an yeah. instance? What's when is the closest? It's never. It's. I've. I've never. You know what happened? You know what happened with my best buddy Ian growing up, and we were being taunted by bullies in the fifth grade, and they wanted us to fight each other, and we didn't want to because we liked each fight other. Fight each other? But each other. They said, come on, you two, why don't you ever fight? You're a bunch of wusses. Hit each other. And we didn't want to do it. So it was my friend Ian, and he, <laughs> again, this is fifth grade, he came over to my house after school with a bunch of Band-Aids, and he said... Put these on tomorrow morning, and we'll tell everybody that we're fighting each other, and we'll both come to school tomorrow with band-aids on, and they'll leave us alone. And at the time, that kind of made sense to me. <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work. No, they I, teased us even, even more. more. Yeah. Because you know what it is? It looks desperate. It's, it looks desperate. Yeah. yeah. It looks like I need your approval. I need. To, I'm bothered by what you're saying. That's exactly it. Therefore, I have to give the illusion of fixing you're buying into it is right. what you're doing you're right. buying into it and they know they got you at that i have point. never been in a fist fight have you have, have you uh no no never been in a fight um i got close several times really yeah when you were real young when i was in eighth grade i i guess i got into one fight but he i sucker punched him and that was i, I kind of feel bad about that he was actually my friend but he told some girl i liked him that was in like seventh or eighth grade or something like that you sucker punched him. but i've been really close a number of other times when people have, i've done stuff uh that have pissed off people and they'll get up in my face and they get a little uh, i call it puffy chested you know and when, when they start putting their shoulders back and they're kind of what's up man what's up what's yeah. up and they keep asking you what's up and um i've had that a few times now have i ever been that way with you were you gonna fight me mm-hmm. have i ever like inflate my chest and come up to you like within two inches of your face and say what's up motherfucker what's up you've gotten within two inches of my head but not my face <laughs> uh, i like i just i i love the idea of you getting into a fight man that that tickles me me too well it wouldn't tickle do you, it would hurt do you do you think do you have a bucket list like that would you is there a list of things that if you would i had a do? bucket list <laughs> would I be tempted to put it on there? Yeah. Be in an actual fist fight. Yeah. Well, at this phase of my life, I don't think it's important. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> what about you? Would you like to be in a fist fight? Well, you want to go? You want to start a fight club? Fight club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the first rule? Yeah, we can do our own fight club. We're not telling anybody about a fight club. Yeah. No, no one's listening. A, a we're not telling. We're just talking to each other. Right. Right. And B, nobody listens to our show anyway. So there you go. But if you'd like okay. to join our fight club, please yes. write in and let yeah. us know. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that movie. You thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we good. talked about it. It was good. It was good. Anyway, I wanted to mention that about poor Emily. So she was uh, killed on the, one of those scooters. Damn, they're all over the place. Okay. So. Um, we can review. What'd you see? Uh, are you saying God to tell you? Unfor- no, that's not the one fault it does. I was doing the wrong one. Some are old, some are new. We now present 
the week in review. To be fair, I threw you off because we're at your place this week. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And it's a, a whole bit, different setting. Got, yeah, different setting, different environment, different atmosphere, if you will. Right. Okay. Uh, you want to go first? No, I'll go if you want me to. Oh, I can go. You can go. I'll go. You ready? Go for it. Four thing. Four things. Four films I want to. In the background, while I was doing other stuff last night, Robert Nightcrawler was on regular TV. Oh. Fuck! What a movie. What a movie. And again, this is 2014 with Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. And again, I've got to acknowledge something we spoke about weeks and weeks ago with uh, Dan Gilroy. Talk about expectations with Dan Gilroy. I mean, he was like it. And then when he came out with that crappy movie about the art world, mm. help me out. Do you remember the Velvet Buzzsaw? And a perfect example of the expectations being so lofty because of Nightcrawler, only to be profoundly disappointed. Have you ever seen, heard of a film called uh, Danny Col- Collins with Al Pacino? It's a weird, trippy film. I had it I've on I've heard of that. It's, I don't think I've seen it, though. It's not a worthy... It's it's kind of a, a mess. Evidently, it's based on a true story. Hmm. Someone who wrote a fan a letter to John Lennon, and he had this in his possession for a long, long time and didn't realize it was freely from John Lennon and how it affected him and blah, blah, blah. It's a weird little film. That's why you haven't heard of it. You didn't miss anything. Is this an older film or no, is it newer? 2015. 2015. So it's when Al Pacino, Al Pacino was weird. He was weird at that point, of course. We talked about that threshold where he became strange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. But what's that was in the early nineties. Yeah, I know. But now this so is he 2015? Was real weird. Yeah, this is twenty fifteen. So you think he's, he's getting progressively weirder? I do, don't you? Yeah. I, I do, think, but he's settled he's, into his weirdness at this point. He's gone down the rabbit hole. I think he's getting I think more he's gone. severe. He's gone. And he was so cool. What about De Niro? Has De Niro followed him? He's right behind him. It hasn't really kicked in yet, but I can sure see it happening. You know they're coming out with a movie together this year, right? The two of them? With Scorsese directing. Oh my god. What mm. do you know about this film? It's called The Irishman and uh not Danny DeVito. What's the other guy? Joe Pesci is coming out of retirement. Oh, to be in this film. To be in this film. Wow. Wow. So I think yeah. we're going to have to talk about that this on the podcast. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. I also saw something I think you will roll your eyes at. 51st Dates. Mm. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. This is uh, 2004. Adam Sandler. I don't get Adam Sandler. You like him more than I do. Mm. And uh, with Drew Barrymore. And it was a high concept thing with that short-term memory loss and so on. But the only thing it really had going for it was that there was chemistry between Adam and Drew. There was a legitimate chemistry and that's the only reason I think the movie worked. You know, we I think we talked about this a while back of there aren't very many movies where you repeat over and over and over again. Didn't we talk about this we recently? We did. Well, we need to name three. Yeah, so we, Memento. Memento. Groundhog well, Day. Does Memento repeat... He well, in a way, it's he's in a loop, and he he he. Oh man, this is great. I think "repeat" is the wrong word, but you know why I went there. Right. But technically, he doesn't. He's in a a loop. There of are madness. parts of it that repeat, but that's only so that you can pick up from where you left off. Right. So that you know right. what part right. seamlessly connected to this part. So that's a question mark. But Groundhog Day would be Groundhog Day clearly and 51st States is there something else you could you said 51st States which we said doesn't really repeat but it kind of does yeah yeah and then we said um, live die repeat the uh, oh that's right the one with uh, Tom Cruise yeah did you see it are you kidding I love that movie it's got my girl in it Emily Blunt oh that's right you know this talk it's got Emily Blunt in it you've seen it she's great look at your eyes right now I'm getting really excited right now and can I tell you I'm going to interrupt you for one second yeah 
there's a lot of talk about the sequel because the movie did not do well when it first came out, but right. now it's got a cult-like following. Right. So the script is written. The director's on board. Green, what's his last name? The same guy who did one of the Bourne movies? Green, Paul Greengrass? Yes. Yeah. And he's on board to direct it. And the, Emily is on the fence. Tom, this is so Tom Cruise. He actually called up Emily. He called her up and said, it's me, Tom. Let's do it, Emily. It'll be fun. Come on, let's. It's very boyish, yeah. but can't you see him doing that? Yes, it's almost like a childlike quality. It's just effusing with enthusiasm. Two things. Yeah. Number one, uh, I, I producer Joey and I were talking about this when we we watched it recently, and I said if they do not name this movie "Live Die Repeat" again, then they're missing an opportunity. We looked it up, and that's exactly what they're calling it. Live, die, repeat, repeat. again, or is it live, repeat, die, repeat, repeat, repeat? I think that's my It says the word, yeah. and you predicted that, yeah. and I read in the trades that that was going to be the working title for the How sequel. could you not? That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, that first film, and it's a good thing they changed that horrible title to Live, Die, Repeat, which we talked about this, which was the tagline on the poster, but they flipped it, and now they've made that the primary That's a title. much better name. Oh, what yeah. was the original name? Um, Edge um, of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow, which sounds like a soap opera. Right. It sounds like a soap opera. So, 50 Fruit States, the only other movie I want to mention, my fourth and final one, is uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. We may have spoken about it once before, the Blake Edwards film. This is 1961, and uh, Truman Capote wrote the novel, Audrey Hepburn, of course, and I've got to tell you that where she's Holly Golightly, mm. a society lady. Yeah, well, you know what? She was a whore. It's <laughs> <laughs> a my, nah, the, nice the, way of putting it. The woman's it. a streetwalker is what she is, but a cool, sophisticated, and drop-dead pretty one. But still, that's what she was. And i got to tell you again that it's hard for me to ever get offended, but Mickey Rooney, you know this, yeah. playing the part of that Asian dude with the thick, thick glasses. Oh, was he Asian? Buck- <laughs> was he supposed to be Asian in that? I didn't and really the, notice. And the buck teeth. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But again, this is 1961. Some film roles do not age well. And this is certainly one of them. Those are my four films. What did you say? Did you hear about the Justin Bieber, Tom Cruise thing that's going on? No. Uh, Okay. I don't know if you know this, but a while, uh, two, three weeks ago, uh, Justin Bieber, it seemed like a drunken tweet or something, but he tweeted that he wanted to fight Tom Cruise. And... Everybody was kind of like, dude, you're going to get your ass kicked. And they're actually trying to make that happen now. And Bieber says he's all in. He says he'll he'll go to town. But most people that you talk to are favoring Tom Cruise in that imaginary fight. But there's a bunch of people that are trying to get this to be a real fight. Could you imagine the two of them fighting each other? You know, Tom is a lot older. He's in his 50s. Right. But, man, he... he uh, jumped out of a plane. You know, he does the free falling thing, and, the and that's what everybody says. Is he does his own stunts, and he's really he does his own stunts, and he's very very fit, and he's eager. Um, this is interesting. Would they actually do it in a ring? Would yeah. it be in a conventional like a sanctioned fight? It would be a saying. It wouldn't be in the street. It wouldn't be a brawl <laughs> in an alley. Is that funny? A brawl We've seen in too the many alley. Video game I know. Movies. I know. But this would be in the. But would it be good for Tom's career? I think that's what everybody's saying. Is this is a no win? It's a for no Tom. win for him. It but, would help Justin, but in a way, it would elevate. But check Justin. this out. Imagine how much money you would get. I mean, okay. Let me ask it this way. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to see a boxing match before? Sure. When? Well, Which one? You mean especially with celebrities where we can be? No, no. I'm saying you. Oh, in, in real life, 
as of this moment, I'm until not I said a boxing this. kind of guy. Right. You that's, know that. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. So answer my question. Up right. until right before, no. until 20 minutes no. ago, no. have you ever wanted to see a boxing no. match? No. Would I watch this one? I know where you're going. Yes. I love your hypothetical questions, and I know what your next question is. Would I watch this one? Absolutely. Would you pay to Absolutely. see this Absolutely. This is like the old this. thing with pay TV, mm. subscription TV. They can run right. it on direct TV, pay-per-view, where people pay to see this and be a fucking fortune. The income, the revenue right. would be like... Unprecedented. Because it'd be unprecedented. Anybody who's interested in fights would want to watch this. Yes, but not just that. Anybody but all these people that are interested in God. celebrity, they would totally love to watch this. Just to watch the possibility of Justin Bieber getting his ass kicked. Yeah. People would want to yeah. watch this. Yeah. I don't think it would be good for Tom's career. It wouldn't. He'd be stepping a few steps down. I think it might be. And here's the thing. I know what you're saying. But it would be so much freaking money. So much money. This could be $200 million easy for him. Little, at least $100 million to pay him to fight Justin Bieber. Just to be like, look, just go in the ring, throw a few punches. We'll give you $100 million. He's such a, he is a respected, accomplished actor. I'm thinking about movies like Born on the Fourth of July. Right. And other movies where he's... he's even the small role he had in Magnolia. I mean, he's proven himself throughout the years, not just with the the, the super stuff and f- jumping out of planes, but as an actor. And I think it's a step. I hope it happens. I hope to God it happens. I'll be first in line. I'll be glued to my TV. I can't see him doing it. I want to be wrong. Me I too. want to be wrong. I want you to be wrong too. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine just like even the other... The other people that they would have to get, you know, in a fight, there's usually a, a like a, the prelim fights, the fights that happen beforehand. Could you imagine the prelim fights of people that they get just to, so to warm up? It'd be awesome. This would be so great. You could get all sorts. Of, it's basically celebrity deathmatch. This is almost like Andy Kaufman esque. It I know. feels that way yeah. with the wrestling. It's, yeah. it's dredging up those memories with Andy. Yeah. But it's for real. It's yes. real celebrities going really at it. I'm going to make a statement that at least 80% of the people in this country would watch. 80%. I'm saying close to everyone. Close to everyone would stay I think home it that would, night. I think it would be bigger than the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it would. If you had, and if you did that, imagine opening the floodgates to all of the other celebrities who would want to get their beaks wet and go, all right, let's do it. Wow. Isn't that, that's such a great, wonderful, crazy idea. Anyway, there you go. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Um, this right, week. That's, what, did, what did you... S- this week, yeah. My, oh, yeah, my, you, 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 your week in review. I watched uh, I watched a couple movies. I watched For the Love of the Game. Do you remember this? What was that about? This was the Kevin Costner movie where he throws a perfect game. Do you, did you ever see it? Was this another baseball movie? It was a baseball yeah, movie. Yeah, he's but in like three of them. It's really... I know, it's been in a lot. Yeah. Bull Durham yeah. and Field of Dreams. Right. He's always playing a baseball player, but... Uh, what's really interesting is that this movie is not just a baseball movie. It's very much a love story. It's very much a, a relationship. It, it it really bridges the gap between being a chick flick and a guy flick uh, because it's got this sports element. But uh, you know, each inning he is pitching and he he kind of goes into his own history and he's thinking about his past with this girlfriend and what's happened and why the relationship was successful and why it was failing and and it's a really interesting kind of look at at relationships especially through this long uh lens of nine innings and him trying to pitch so i don't know it's a really great movie sam raimi directed it which i didn't realize until i I was watching going 
why is this movie so good? And then I, I looked his name up. Oh, that's why it's done by somebody who's competent, who knows how to direct well. Has he been around lately, Sam Raimi? It feels like he's been quiet the last few years. I know that they brought the uh, the Ash movies or the Ash uh, the character back to life with the uh, Ash versus Evil TV show. So Ash was the main character from Evil Dead. I don't know if you saw any of the Evil Dead mm-hmm. movies, but they brought that to life. And I know he directed at least one of those. Let me let me find out real quick. Let's find out what Sam Raimi is up to. Did a um, Spider Man movie, right? Yeah, but that was back in like yeah. the early two thousands. So he, and I don't think he's done a whole lot since then, but uh, looks like he's done some. Yeah, he did some TV. He did Oz, the Great and Powerful. That was in 2013, and he did some TV. He did Rake, uh, an episode of Rake. He did uh, another short film in 2017. Looks like he's got three movies that are either in development or being um, like in, that are actually in production. So right. he's got a few things that are working, but yeah, we haven't heard from him in a little while. So he directed this Kevin Costner movie. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then Highly the, recommended, huh? Yeah, I love that movie. The other movie that is one of my favorites that I hadn't seen in a long time is uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. and Which I'm going to interrupt you and say, of course, that was on your list of movies with names, people's names. Because mm-hmm. we had a double whammy in there. Yeah. Without the I got word me thinking and, about it. I was like, I need to see it. Without the word and. And I think I've, I've still got the assignment of going back to watch The Social Network, which I need to do. Yeah, so I will I'd like admit. you to see that again. Yeah. And I, I want to give it another shot. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty eager to see it now, which I think is in a good position because now I really want it to um, to be better than I remember. So I'm eager to, to watch that. I'm going to hopefully get to that this week. I just haven't had a chance to, to check it out. I, I've been really busy with other stuff. So... Anyway, those are the two movies that I saw this week. So, assassination of just, and how it, it he didn't holds. survive. He actually dies. Yeah, Jesse James dies. And this he does. The last time he survived, I, oh. I thought, but I guess he didn't. He actually. Now died. you've seen the movie before. Yeah, and it holds up. Yeah, so it doesn't go in our rock phenomena category. No. Remember the rock? Yeah, no, not at all. I think it's great. Similar. I think yeah. it's actually better than I remember it. Wow, wow. Have you seen it before? No. You should, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna send you home with it next okay. week. Okay. You can't send me home with it now, can you? Nope. Nope. No, it is slow. It's a slow burn. It's one of these, like, um, it's beautiful. It's it's picturesque. It's not real fast. But the last 20 minutes of it, if you've paid attention to the beginning, the last 20 minutes of it to me are just, uh, that's it's really enthralling. It's basically what happens to Robert Ford after he assassinates Jesse James. And there's some really deep, trippy stuff that's in there of like, wow, this is really fucked up. Like how people's lives start to kind of spin and um now obviously I mean, the, the title tells you you know he's gonna kill jesse james and at the the why is what the movie is all about like how it got there and then the um you know, the aftermath is is the last 20 minutes it's really fascinating hmm. there you go nice that's it yeah man good well it's time for our main film and robert Talk us through it. Okay, the good, the bad, the ug- the hungry, not the ugly. I know is um, center is a documentary. It's a thirty for thirty that centers around uh, competitive eating and the major league eating, and uh, in particular, it focuses on Joey Chestnut and Takaru Kobayashi, otherwise known as the Tsunami. Okay, so everybody on the Fourth of July uh, always we always hear about the this competitive eating of people on Coney Island that are eating hot dogs. And in the early 2000s, Kobayashi came over from Japan and won the mustard belt by breaking records and just eating more hot dogs than anybody else. And little Joey Chestnut 
uh, is an American who... By the way, what a great name. I know, right? That that name, at Could first it, I thought, is that a fucking made-up name? It's it, it not, sounds is like it? It, right? it sounds so... American. It and does, like, yeah, it does, gonna... yeah. Well, chestnut. And there's a definite uh, America versus Japan yeah. vibe going on. And, uh, and Joey Chestnut starts training, and he eventually is able to beat Kobayashi in the, in the competition. And things start getting kind of... Um, sideways for Kobayashi. Kobayashi starts to drop out of competitive eating and there's a lot of kind of internal struggle amongst the the league and and the competitors and people call him bullshit. So I, one of the things that I like most about this movie is that they take this whole thing extremely seriously. I mean, they take it as serious as any other Why professional not? sport. And we will talk a moment about, is it a sport? But I go ahead. knew you were going to ask course, that question. Of course, that's my key question. But go ahead. Go ahead. That they do take it personally, which makes the whole thing more... And that's where I was going with this, is yeah. I think it is a sport. Indeed. I do, too. Yeah? I didn't think that before I watched the documentary. Oh, really? Yeah. But I was watching, I thought, this is a fucking sport. It is. It is. And it sounds so silly to say that, but... I mean, you see these people working out, they're training. My God, the training. Robert, I'm interrupting you. Go but for it. The, the, the bag on his jaw. Yeah. On, and he's like moving his jaw up and down with a heavy weight on it to improve his his, his mouth and jaw muscles. Yeah. They're in, they're in legitimate training. Legitimate training. They're in training, yeah. And, you know, watching them kind of warm up and the nervousness before the big bout. And they're doing it practically yeah. every weekend. You know, they're going head to head and, and they show footage from not just the hot dog competition, but the, the Crystal's Burger competitions, the the Glutton Bowl, which I actually remember that coming on at the time. I think it was like 2001, 2002. And it was a big deal for us. We were like, uh, oh my gosh, the Glutton Bowl's coming on television. And that was must-see TV for us at the time. The bear? Yeah, eating, eating more hot dogs than the bear. The bear? bear? It was man versus beast, yeah, and yeah, Kobayashi yeah. could he eat uh, enough as many hot dogs as the uh, as the bear? We should say that Kobayashi is extremely skinny, right? Although he did bulk up as the years went by, he did get more muscular in his arms. But it didn't seem like but fat. He's still, right? It was, uh, and he's relatively a thin, he's slender, and that's what's so surprising because most of the competitors are big and burly. I think what it is is it's our. Um, interpret yes it's we a, fill it in our it's mind. our concept of who is a competitive eater yeah a glutton, and that's got to be a, a glutton, big fatten guy a glutton's yeah. got to be a big, big fat guy yeah with a hairy back <laughs> no i'm serious <laughs> i guess if you want to add that detail <laughs> but it's always some big fat guy that we think of when we yeah. think of being a competitive eater and right. that's what was so fascinating with kobayashi when he came onto the scene was that he was skinny and everyone was like oh how the fuck is this skinny little guy compete against all these other people right. and yet he not only competed at, at a level that they were at but he more than doubled what they were doing it was crazy i know i know he was so thin and well let me ask you a question we'll get to the actual film but i've got to ask you these questions my mind races with these thoughts if you eat 15 pounds of food do you weigh, you know where i'm going yeah do you weigh 15 pounds more yeah no you don't do you i think your body absorbs Oh, buddy. Well, how, where you, else would it go? I, isn't a lot of it water? No, seriously. Isn't it is. It a, you'll pass it, but it you're going to absorb it. So you're saying if you eat a 10-pound meal, you will eat, you'll weigh 10 pounds more? Yeah. I wonder. I'm, where else is it going to go? I'm inviting I mean, our listeners to respond. What are you to saying? It's going to come out via sweat? I mean, look, minimally. Energy. What? Well, you are going to burn energy. That's one way. 
but it's it's got to leave your body through either respiration, like so through your right. breath, through perspiration. So maybe if you're sweating or something like that, but mainly it's going to leave by by defecation and urination. So and that was something else I wanted to ask. Yeah, you're gonna have like a, a no. Do you have a gigantic shit. poop? Of course. The ne- you'd have to have a big poop, or would it be would it be a normal poop that would last and be five or six days for your body to acclimate? Or, or suspect, is it a gigantic poop? I, I suspect know. most of these people probably an hour or two later are going out and puking it all back up. That's what oh, I suspect. They're vomiting. They're vomiting. I up. suspect they did not address that. They said in the documentary, if you puke, you have to eat it up right then, or it doesn't count. Uh, or you're disqualified. Right, I think that's right. what it was. But I th- I suspect that they're going backstage when no one's looking and going to the bathroom and just puking most or all of it back up. And one more question: This they they hinted this, but I, when you're in training, like two days before a competition, would most of the competitors starve themselves? No, I don't think so. I don't, you're trying to stretch your stomach out, right? So, so they'd have a hearty breakfast that morning. Y- not that morning, but there. I'm sure you're not starving yourself because your stomach will actually shrink down and you want it to stretch out right. so you're actually eating more and just learning to stretch your stomach right. out good those are some of my questions yeah oh, anyway those are I you just satisfied curious, now i really am but i'm still curious about if you ate if you eat a five pound hamburger do you weigh five pounds more yeah i don't know well when they when they say five pounds like okay when you go to mcdonald's yeah. and you order the quarter pounder that's pre-cooked weight right so that's it, it's a quarter pound before they cook it. I understand that, but if we but weigh that, are, if we weigh that burger on a scale, let's say it weighs an actual pound, right? And then that pound, you weigh that one pound more. Yeah, you'd have to. How else would it work? I don't know. I don't know. Absorption? I don't, I don't know. You just have a hard yeah. time with the idea of somebody. I mean, that's how they 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 measure these competitors: is they weigh you before, then you eat, and then they weigh you afterward. I mean, they showed that in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you better you better hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. Or put lead in your pockets. Yeah. Did you like the movie? I liked it. it I did good. too. I I liked. I think I liked it more than. You. Oh really? Yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. I like all of the thirty for thirties. I thought this is an interesting documentary about a type of sport that most people are only minimally exposed to. I mean, most people only see this once a year. You know, I went right in twenty twelve. I actually went. What? Yeah, I went to Coney Island and what saw them in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. I knew you then. You did. You went to a food eating competition. I did. You saw these. You saw who'd you see? Our heroes. Yeah, Joey Chestnut. I love that name. Kobayashi wasn't there. Kobayashi wasn't there. He was in New York, but he was doing a. um, It kind of showed at the end where he was in front of a bunch of people and he was eating hot dogs, but it wasn't the Coney Island uh, competition. That's kind of what he does now. Is he'll. Uh, go to some, uh, I don't know, high rise or something, and he'll uh, video it, and they'll sometimes air it in Times Square or something like that. But he refuses to compete at the Coney Island, Coney Island uh, competition. Uh, he doesn't do the Nathan's hot dog. Right, right. But I did see Joey Chestnut. Joey <sighs> Chestnut, of course, won. Uh, but yeah, I saw it in 2012. I went with a bunch of buddies. Who was that? Uh, the, the huckster, the guy, the announcer guy. He was right. quite a character. Yeah. He, he was... And it, it, he did a great job of kind of winking and, and I kind think of he revealing, was perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, revealing that this was largely fabricated, like the background and the history of of the competition. And it sounds like the competition has actually been around for a long time, but the idea of it being this long rival between Japan and and America it sounds like that was just largely 
kind of created out of out of false air and in an attempt to get Nathan's hot dogs out there in the public eye. Right, right. And that's why some people, and we'll talk about why uh, our Asian gentleman, uh, Kobayashi. Kobayashi, doesn't compete anymore. And I, I'm curious to discuss that with you in a moment. But okay. and and some people even blamed our our huckster for creating a, a them mentality, us against them mentality. Well, the documentary and, 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 does a really good job of even addressing him. He says, um, you know, he, he it outright asks him. The director says. Do you think that the reason why he doesn't compete is because you broke his heart? I know. And that was a really compelling moment. That was an aha moment in the movie. And watching his reaction of like, oh, kind of, oh, shit. Well, if that's the case, then I hope he would come to me. He said, if it's my fault, I felt like he would own up to it. I'd want to talk to him about that. Yeah. That was quite a pivoting moment. I want to say something. I think I like this movie just a little bit more than you. And I'm going to go out on a limb with the statement. This documentary, this story about these this eating co- these two people competitors was for me very much like a greek tragedy. Mm. I found it to be so very dramatic in the traditional sense of what is drama. We have the two rivals. The um, Asian gentleman's mom dies. He Kobayashi. feels yes, he lost his purpose in life. He lost a competition. His jaw became injured. He still shows up. It's a dead heat. It's a tie. Um, and then he finds, he goes back to see his dad who has the scrapbook and his dad, we should say his father, um, was more, food is more precious and it should be eaten and savored, uh, slowly. And because it's a different generation. His and dad clearly doesn't approve. Doesn't of approve of his son's. Being a competitive right, eater. Right, right, right. But uh, unbeknownst to Kobayashi, his father kept a scrapbook and videotapes of his son's accomplishments. Secretly proud of him. Yes. And then we had the racist element that did come up. We should say that this competition is always on July 4th. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very American. And he did feel, Kobayashi, did feel that there was a lot of uh, anti-Japanese uh, sentiment. And some people remember in New York City would yell at him, uh, go back where you belong. I found that to be kind of bullshit. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I, know, I don't doubt that it happened. But right. The fact that he's so... There was a little bit of... very emotional yeah, well, over it. He was crying 40%, 40%, 80% of the movie, he's crying. He's, he's, I was like, like, come on. Yeah. You got to toughen up a little bit. Somebody tells you, go back home. And right. you're like, oh, right. I, didn't, right. I felt unwanted. Right. Right. Okay, well, but fuck Can you. you appreciate why I'm suggesting it's yes. very much like a Greek tragedy? Yes. With a mom dying, losing purpose, the, the jaw, the tie. It went down to a tie where they had to have a dead heat. What was it? And who can eat the that, these five hamburgers in the shortest amount of time? I hot think dogs. that's a, yeah the hot dogs hamburgers hot dogs it's all the same anyway but um it I all thought comes it was, out the same. it all comes out the same way it was very dramatic and like a Greek tragedy it had all these profound elements can I also say this is something that okay not only do you do it on Fourth of July you do it with an American food the hot dog and it feels American I mean it's yeah. it's a celebration of yeah. excess yeah. and it's. It's something that Americans, it's so stupid, yet they're taking it very seriously. I love how you just drank that did, juice box right into the microphone. Did you think they heard? Yeah, I think they heard. Do you think they, they heard? They heard what? Okay, so I'm sorry. Gross. I'm being obnoxious. I want to be in a food competition. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to me, I think it, this is an American thing, and it's it's this weird part of our society that has not been compromised by politics it's just straight up americana and when somebody else comes along a foreign person wins this competition 
there's this weird sort of underdog pride in, no, we got to get our title back. Ira, I honestly remember when Kobayashi won being a little upset about it, going, America has to get this back. I love that you're saying that. I love that you're saying that. Do you remember? I don't know if you felt that way or even noticed when it happened. I remember knowing about this, but not that much. I just know that there was a skinny Asian who was doing quite well. That's what I remember. From those years ago. And it's like, but I, uh, you to actually me, honestly. A little bit of resentment is a strong word. Yeah. But not quite resentment, but. And I actually sure liked him. There's, yeah. uh, You have so much respect yeah. for the guy. Because yeah. you're like, wow, that's that, he's really fucking good. But it's ours. That's American. It should be America's title. Ugh. And Ugh. It, it does. I mean, what he really should have done. What Kobayashi should have done is he should have leaned into it and played the villain. He should have just played it yeah and gone some years it's gonna be me some years it's gonna be joey and you know what i'm always gonna give him a run for the money and they could have had a great duo between the two of them yeah. and the problem is he just didn't like playing the the villain and man it would have been so cool look it you know i think about some of these people who go to like they defect to north korea like americans who mm-hmm. go to north korea to play in in north korean movies they're, they'll play the American. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right, they do I this do. where they're they're white guys who will be like playing the general and they're the bad guy in all the North Korean movies. I would never do that, but there's something about it that's kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? Like I the, do. To be do. the villain, the bad guy that's always in all the movies. I just think that's kind of cool in a weird, twisted, kind of fucked up way. But I love your the prior premise about how you felt a little bit disappointed. We'll use that word. That um, that he won, uh, a, a I Jap- did Japanese, because uh, we you know we wanted to get even with Pearl Harbor. Well, I, it, <laughs> but the guy could have been, he could have been Australian, he could have been Swiss. It didn't matter well, that he was Asian. The fact the color of his skin didn't make a difference. No. The fact he was yellow. And no, that doesn't. It's the fact that it's not it American. American, and especially it's on the Fourth of July. Right. That the to fact me, it's on the Fourth of July. If he was Canadian, I'd be pissed. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. no, man, it's not right. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I hate the jabs just as much as you. <laughs> Those fucking zipper heads got to go back. To- there you go. All right. There you go. You know, I want to say that Joey Chestnut did something near the end in one of the big competitions that was quite, wasn't fair. It just wasn't fair. And that is that he, the competition was still going on. No winner was declared, but Joey raises raised his, his hand. <laughs> Robert, I love that you know exactly. He raised his hand, which is a signal, I suppose. I mean, done. It's all inside me. It's in my mouth. I'm swallowing. And then when Kubi- Kobayashi, when the Asian guy saw that, he thought he lost. So he slowed down and tried and stopped trying so hard. And that's what shifted it. And that was really a, a slimy thing for Joey to do. I the doubt. look you're giving. Was well, it intentional? I doubt it was as calculated as... Even he's trying to make it out to be. Uh-huh. I think it was more probably, I won. And I think that's just a little bit of confidence. Kobayashi shouldn't have slowed down. Yeah. I mean, honestly. No winner was declared. Psychological warfare yeah, at that I point. Know. You know? I know. But but he saw his competitor raise his hands. The so problem is it's totally bullshit that they even had that as a tie break. You know, they shouldn't have done that. They, right. sh- they should have had a more legitimate, um, how do we figure out who won this they do this thing too in in the competition where if you've got it kind of sticking out of your mouth a little bit and you put your hand over your mouth you're allowed to keep it in but the problem should be what they should do is when the time is over you have to empty your mouth immediately right and if you continue chewing 
you, you just spit it out, you know, and then they can they can weigh how right. much was in right. your mouth, right? And they can figure out, okay, well, here's how much you were you were ahead from the other person or right. something like right. that. But the the problem is they they're still stuffing food in their mouth, and that I mean, I could just take three more hot dogs and cram them in there, stuff your cheeks, and that shouldn't count. Yeah, it was that you don't have to swallow it. Yeah, and they were and also fucking me. up with the rules with them. I, I mean, know, they were I know. adjusting time limits and all that yeah, stuff yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of the competition. Yeah, 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 for 10 minutes. I know. It, 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 there's a lot of shady stuff that was going on. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. You you have a sanctioning body that, that just kind of plays by their own rules, and they're the only game in town, so fuck you. It's like, I, I, I get Kobayashi's frustration with some of that. I mean, truly, if you think of this as a legitimate sport, you want some regulations you want someone that it, to, you want it to be held accountable something went from 12 minutes to 10 minutes yeah. remember in kobayashi's camp were so upset you and you only get in a certain amount of water you don't right. get as much water right. as you right. want the water. and and the problem was the promoter the the kind of as you were calling the shuckster yeah. he was saying oh everybody wants at this temperature or that temperature yeah i think if you're if if you're trying to competitively eat you want things done a certain way and you're kind of going this is not fair. You you don't think of it as a big deal, but I'm the one that's out there shoving all this right. food in my mouth. Right. And I should have the temperature of the water where I want it. And I should have as much water as I want. It's ridiculous for you to, to be putting these limitations on me. You know, I love the fact that you and I came to the table tonight, not knowing, not talking about this prior. We both acknowledge it's a sport. Because I was wondering if you were going to say it's not a sport. But I'm glad to hear you say I think it's totally it, a sport. I do too. I do too. Now, I, I think expect- where things get weird... I, I mean, I think honestly, uh, like NASCAR is a sport, and I think people think it's not because you're you're just turning a wheel. But there's a lot of endurance there, uh, more so than most people realize. I mean, there's a lot strategy. of strategy. It is, but that that's like a mental sport. Now we get into the question of is chess a sport? Is the spelling bee a sport? You know, there there are some things that I don't. Those feel more game like. But I actually think like NASCAR is a legitimate sport because you are physically doing something, you're physically driving, and it's competitive for long periods of time. I mean, sometimes you're going on for, I mean, Le Mans goes on for 24 hours, That's right. That's right. and it's a people are exhausted when they're right. done right. And, and physically drained. Um, I think this is also a physically draining activity. I think it's a sport. Um, it's just weird that we're doing it with digestion instead of instead of our our arms or our legs, you know. And honestly, I think there is something there. You are using your arms and your legs. You're using your whole body. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. Uh, it's just <laughs> mainly digestion. Yeah, stuff. They're jumping up and down, right. jumping at some points. Yeah, yeah. Shifting, trying to get their stomach to turn. Yeah, I, I, I might be getting into my money shots already, but there is a. There's a really great moment in the documentary where he, where Joey is showing his workout routine, and he's trying to fill up his belly with air, and then he releases all of it and does these, these belches. He releases two or three of them that are just so long, and they're just, oh my gosh, that's a long burp. And you realize how big his stomach must be to hold that much air. And it just has to be stretching to a crazy amount. And you're taking my money shot. Is that one of your money shots? Of course shot? it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Speaking of money yeah. shots, shall we slide into it? Since you've already broached one of them. I think my other one has got to be when our shuckster guy, I've forgotten his name, but when he, uh, is it George Shea? Is that um, his name? Uh, his name is George Shea. Very yeah. good. S-H-E-A. And when George is actually, I think we talked about it already, when he is addressing, when the director asks him, what if you broke Kobayashi's heart? 
How would you feel about that? That was near the very end of the movie. Yeah. It was quite an emotional moment. It was quite a and payoff. He, I felt like, was true in his slimy sense. Like He, he is a little slimy, but... I think you need somebody a little slimy to be in that role. Agreed. Agreed. And and to really carry it, carry that position. And I I, like, I love the way he heard the question. Yeah. He could have been cavalier. He yeah. could have brushed it off. But he really absorbed the question. And I, I know we already said this, but his response was so beautiful that if I heard him in any way, I'd like to talk to him about it. And he even Which says like, be look, more beautiful than I, that. I would I would give him a great announcement if yeah. he would come yes. back. Yes. Yeah. In his own way, that's acknowledging maybe it, I did cause some yeah. of that yeah yep nice what about you yeah i'm embracing i had the first one that you said about the the belching the long belches there's something about the bear and that that just <laughs> i it doesn't reflect the whole movie but that sequence who can eat more a human being or a bear and similar to the belching was about um the bag of weights uh, to strengthen your jaw uh, muscles. Joey was working Joey out. Was, Joey was working out with that. And that was my other money shot also. Nice. Is it anti-wave? Is it anti-wave? Shall we first discuss why it, well, why is? It is? is well, or should we do, let's do it. Let's is. do it. Is. I, All right. It's about competitive eating. So right there, <laughs> I think, I think you got to say that it is uh, anti-wave in that sense. I mean, I, the only, I guess, the flip side of that would be that I could imagine that Hollywood would make some sort of Adam Sandler movie about competitive eating. I, yeah. I could imagine a yeah. comedy about that. I'm going to say, uh, before we get too far into this, I don't think this is too anti-wave. I think it's fairly straightforward. Um, the structure was kind of kind of there. You, I mean, you have this big buildup. I, I guess part of it to me is a little ruined because I knew a lot of this background already. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so I kind of know where it's going. I know about the history between the, the competitors and why Kobayashi was not active uh, in in the Nathan's Hot Dog competition. I, I don't think it was that anti-wave. I thought it was a good movie. I'm really glad we watched I'm it. I'm glad you liked it as much as I did. That's no. great. I think it was more anti-wave than you think. Okay. I do. Number one, it's a documentary. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Documentaries tend to be anti-wave. Number two, it's about gluttony. It's about gluttony. And is it? It's a, yes, it is. Oh, I want to hear this. What, you're going to say it's not? I don't think it's about gluttony. I think it's about competition. <laughs> you're giving you're giving me what's called a false dilemma. It can be both. Both can exist. But gluttony isn't gluttony is no, about like uh, about eating to excess? It, but this is about how much can I shove in? I, it's like, uh, you know what? I hear you, and I want to say something. Rather than gluttony, I'm going to say that the sport is somewhat obscene to watch. I would agree with that. Good. I knew you would. I would agree with gluttony that. Gluttony is a value judgment. Well, it's not gluttony. There's skill involved. It's a legitimate sport. Yeah. But let's go back to the, my... Okay. Gluttony would be somebody it's who's obs- sitting around in their apartment eating ice right, cream right, and right, bonbons right, right, right. all day. But it's obscene to watch. I would agree it's with a, that. And especially that one thing where what he's... I think um, Kobe... I call him Kobe. Um, threw up in his hand. Do you right. remember that? So and then he it, ate it. Yes. And then he ate it. So I think number one, it's a documentary. Number two, it's obscene to watch. Number point number three. Uh, can, I, can I go back ahead? You up go there? ahead. Yeah. There's a really great moment where you know, as the as the the competitive eaters are are chowing down on all these hot dogs, they have these ringside girls behind them who are holding up placards that show how many hot dogs that they've eaten. Do you remember this? Of course I do. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> And they're you know, cute. They got these little midriffs on, and they're like, you know, showing. Yeah, I know. I showing a lot of like, yeah, of course you did. Yeah. Just to look at the the puke and the and the 
No, the hot look girl at the puke. Her. No, just the girl behind it. Go ahead. But there was one girl who was back there who had this look on her face of like, ugh, this is the most disgusting yes. thing I've ever seen. The others had smiles. Yes. The others were into it. They knew what was going on and they were on board for the ride. They were kind of like, there was champions. one female and she was like, what the fuck is this? Yes. Yes. And I was laughing over that. And I made producer Joey, she was kind of half watching and I was like, come <laughs> here, look at this thing. And I made her look at it because it was so funny to see this one woman who was not into the whole thing. So, yes, it was obscene. And I think there's a certain percentage of people who would just be totally grossed out if this was made into uh, an Adam Sandler movie. Right, right. Uh, a third reason why I think it is anti-wave, and again, I'm going to think it's more anti-wave than you're going to think, uh, there's no clear uh, protagonist. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? I, I almost I, feel like there are two, uh, because you've got Joey and Kobe. Uh, Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah. I call him Kobe for sure. Uh, yeah, really? Oh. Now, let's think. I love your reaction. I, I was waiting for this it. moment. And I thought along and hard. Okay, that's why I said no clear traditional protagonist. I, I would grant you that. Traditional is, is my... I mean, no. I think I've talked about this before about um, King of Kong, which talks about the... Uh, it's a documentary about the um, Donkey Kong uh, high score. And there's some really interesting stuff that goes on there with who is the protagonist and people that you think are the protagonist turn out not to be the protagonist. It, it's a very interesting documentary uh, just from a, from a documentary standpoint of um, not even having to do with the subject matter, but just watching of who is the protagonist. Right. And I think this I think you're right with this movie. It does something similar where you're kind of going, who am I rooting for? Whose story is this? Yeah. Is it Joe? At first, I thought it was not really Joey's story. No, I, I almost feel like it's more Kobayashi's Kobe, it's story more than It's more Kobayashi's anything. arc. Yeah. It's Kobayashi's arc. But again, no traditional protagonist. And my point number four, there was no emotional swell at the end. Eh, I disagree no, with was, that. There was no emotional swell. Tell mm, me the emotional swell. I think there is because uh, they're, they're cross-cutting with him, uh, with Kobayashi um, competing on his own. Now he's found his himself. He's found his own little niche of I'm going to keep eating. Um, and he's found this admiration for maybe a smaller group of people who are still dedicated, wearing all the pink shirts. But it was a step down from grace. You're right. But he still, he still got it. He still got it, but not an emotional swell. I, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. It's so, I don't know if I agree with okay. that. Okay. All right. Well, you're on board for my three out of my four yeah. reasons it's anti-wave. What about what, anything? Anything? I, I think what, in terms of a number, uh, I would give this a three. Three oh my god in terms of anti-wave i just don't think it's a very anti-wave movie i think it's a great movie and i think it's it's really worth watching yeah but i just don't think it's all that anti-wave oh you disagree 5.7 wow 5.7 you you look really disappointed you look hurt <laughs> keep in mind i say it's a great movie i yeah, just i think yeah. it's a little more hollywood I think it's look more at the sport. Look at the obscene. I get sport. that. I get that. Okay. And so I'm giving it a three. I think before no we even had our discussion, I might have given it a one or a two. Really? So yeah. I, I swayed you just a little bit. Yeah, you got school. me towards you. Um, I really like. I just want to tell our, our listeners too that it, so it's again it's um, ESPN, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's available to watch on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And you can find it elsewhere too. The thirty thirty thirty. What's it called? Thirty thirty four thirty. Now this is a series yes. of sports oriented documentaries. So what is happened what, was about that. ESPN was uh, a number of years ago, a few years ago. They did a celebration because they were thirty years old, and so they got thirty filmmakers to do thirty documentaries to celebrate 
uh, sport in the third, first 30 years of ESPN. That's history. where it came from. I didn't realize it was 30 years yes. in the making. Okay. So that's what it was. And they got all these different filmmakers um, to, to do something about what has happened in sport in the past 30 years. And not something like early basketball, but like what are stories that have happened more recently? And it was so popular and so many people did these great, awesome documentaries that they decided to continue the series and just keep going. Even though it was called 30 for 30 and now the name doesn't really fit what's going on. The name has stuck and it's become this kind of branding of this is this series uh, picks up really good sports documentaries about what's going on uh, in the world. And a lot of times they will go to these film festivals like Tribeca, which is where this film premiered. And they will pick up documentaries and put them under the 30 for 30 banner. So I'm not sure if that's what happened with this film. I don't think it was made specifically for ESPN in mind. But ESPN took it up. In fact, I think that maybe they're even making it going, I bet we can make this a 30 for 30. They might have already had some sort of deal in place, but the the documentaries a lot of times are being created and then 30 for 30 acquires them. Right, right. So it falls under their umbrella. Right. They, they purchase it. And they're great. I don't know. I've seen almost all Have of them. Have you really? Yeah. They're, they're all available on Amazon Prime, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And yeah. there's there's a few in there that are just, they're fascinating. And they're really interesting uh, styles as well. You've got some, uh, Steve James, the, the director of Hoop Dreams, and uh, you know Stevie, some really great documentaries. He did one uh, that was really interesting. There was an, another one that was all about, um, it was... It, the way that it was cut was really interesting. It was all on the day. It was June 17th, 1993. It was the day that uh, O.J. Simpson was driving uh, his Ford Bronco. And there were other sports events that were happening at the same time. And it kind of cross-cut. And that, there was no narration. All it is is just you jumping from like two or three different sporting events that were all happening at the exact same time. I love that. That were very instrumental. And in, in the, they were very pivotal in, in their sports moments. And cross-cut with O.J. Simpson on his run, you know, which is kind of a sports story when you stop and think about it. It's like... Hardly a run at 22 miles an hour, but your point is well made. But he... Look how far he went, you know, and <laughs> he got further than a lot of people who are going 90 miles an hour. So That's really interesting. It, it is, and just the way that people make some of these documentaries is really interesting. I love it. Yeah. There was a really good one about the... Um, uh, Steve Bartman. The, I don't know if you remember. This was the Cubs fan who... Uh, supposedly leaned out to catch the the foul ball and stopped the Cubs from going to the World Series a few I years ago. I know about that incident. And he was a pariah. Like, people wanted yes. to murder him. Yes. Security had to escort him out of the, the building. And it talked about uh, how that impacted his life and how much his whole life started to kind of crumble um, as a result of that. And he lives in hiding now. So help me understand. I've all... If you stick your hand out and catch the ball, yes, okay, and it's still in bounds, is that right? Well, it, it was a foul. ball. It was a foul ball. Yeah. So, help me understand why that matters. If it was a foul ball, so if okay, the the outfielder was running to catch the ball, and if the outfielder catches it, even if it's foul, if he catches it, oh. it's an out. And the outfielder okay, was it. under it. it and was like, "I got this ball," yes. and that was going to be okay, it. Yes. Okay. 
But Steve, he wasn't looking at the outfielder. He just saw a ball being hit to him. If an outfielder catches a ball that's foul, it still counts as an out. Correct. I didn't know that. And I thought if it's out of bounds. A lot of times the outfielder okay. will even like spill over into the fans, into the stadium in an attempt to catch some of those yes. crazy balls. Yes, we see balls. that gesture all the time where right. they're leaning in. Now, sometimes they'll even jump up high and yes. they'll, you know, they'll, yes. they'll steal it basically okay. from a home run. And so... Bartman doesn't look up. He doesn't look at the outfielder. He's looking at this ball headed his way. He instinctively catches the ball because it's hit right at him. And I bet he got death threats. Oh, yep. many, yep. many yep. death threats. And he was a Cubs fan. He wasn't against the Cubs. He was. If you have a ball hit toward you, of course you're going to try to catch it. Yeah, especially if you're a big right. fan of the game. Right. Right. And uh, many people started doing some analyzation about it, and they really figured out that the Cubs were not going to win that game anyway. And what he did was not really changing the effect of the game. Um, but but you want to blame somebody. And it, it when you really dig deep, you psychologically want to blame a person. This is why um, Trump or Obama or Bush or whoever's in office gets all of the blame for things that Congress does. I think it's a human quality to point Absolutely. a finger. It's yeah. neat and tidy. You need to blame it's somebody. It's neat and tidy. Yeah. Put a little ribbon on it and package. And, and if we can yeah. just get rid of that person, everything will go back to normal. Yeah. Which is not the case. But of right, course. Right, right, right. right. It's not yeah. how it works. That's really interesting. Steve Barman did not lose the Cubs the game. The Cubs lost the game. But it's easy to but blame. It's easier to blame that one person. Right. Hmm. So there wow. you go. Nice. Good. Thank you for turning me on to this film. Yeah, it was man. your suggestion. It was great. Hey, Amen. Who died this week? Who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, must. The following people, they didn't turn to dust. Following people in the industry, the last seven days who passed away, we lost Cameron Boyce. 20, do you know about this, Robert? Did mm-hmm. you know, 20 years old. He oh, did, yeah, 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 yeah. You heard about He was a Disney Right, actor and uh, American actor. He was. He in, died from a seizure, right? Yes, epide- uh, epileptic seizure. He was in Descendants and did Disney TV. Yeah. Do you think that there might have been drugs involved with yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I love how you're reading my mind because I dug deeper in this and I I wanted to go deeper and I was going to, out of my way to read more articles and it's not even implied, but my heart of hearts, it had to be something else, don't you think? He was healthy. He was a good-looking kid. He was healthy. A seizure at 20 years old? So I was talking to my students about this, and they're all like, oh, no, he's dead, you yeah. know? And, and it was a seizure, it was a seizure, and I get that he was epileptic. And I, even if he was severely epileptic, and he was prone to having seizures, I just wonder if, at age 20, that's so young, man. Especially people, death. Right. Death. He could be carried away to an ambulance, they'd resuscitate, he'd still live, but right. there's something else going on. It just feels like drugs amplified. I agree. I'm not saying there wasn't an epileptic seizure involved. Right. Maybe there was a seizure. But the drugs played a part. I suspect. I do too. No, I don't know. I mean, I I know nothing about the guy. And far be it from me to besmirch the guy's good name when uh, maybe he was living a clean and sober life. Maybe. But here I am besmirching his name anyway. Fuck us. (laughs) Fuck us. How dare we? Anyway, he's dead. So what the hell? 84-year-old American lyricist named Martin Sharnin, C-H-A-R-N-I-N, uh, he, wrote the, he wrote the lyrics to Annie and other movies, too. Oh, uh, the, the, the play, song will come out? And then what he did, hmm? The song will come out. Tomorrow. There, bet that, your bottom doll. Thank you. I thought you don't like it when I sing. I don't. Oh. Then, okay. Uh, 84-year-old, uh, these people are older, well, except for Cameron. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Jones, American actor, um, 
this guy was in a lot of movies and including TV. He was a regular, semi-regular Lois and Clark, but he was in uh, A League of Their Own mm-hmm. and he was also in uh, The Terminal. I like that movie. That's yeah. a good movie. So he's in that. Didn't, now, do you know who this person is? This one hits home, Robert. 62-year-old American actress Denise Nickerson. She was in Willy Wonka. She's the purple girl. Oh. She's the purple girl. And um, Is that her it, character's name? Well, that's girl? what I'm calling her. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. She was in the movie Smile, which I liked a lot. Yeah. I liked that movie a lot. Uh, Dern was in that film. The father, not the daughter. Dark Shadows. Bruce? Hmm? Bruce? Yeah, Bruce was in that movie, Smile. Um, so again, she... I just remember her so well going through the tube and getting real fat and bloated from eating all that candy. So was, she died. Was, was that... Um, that was... The Violet... Yes, Violet. That's Beauregard her, yeah, or whatever her yeah, name yeah, was? Yeah, Violet. Mm-hmm. Remember, she's stuck in the tube. She was yeah. getting real fat, eating all the... Can- now, I always got her and Veruca Salt confused. Who? Veruca is it, Salt. Is that another person? That was another character's name, no. yeah. Well, it's easy to confuse those two. Albert Shepard, 82-year-old British actor. And I want to mention this British. However, he was in movies that were released in the United States, including Charlie Bubbles. I don't know if you remember that. No. That was an important film in the late 60s and also before Winter Comes. We lost, by the way, Greg, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas... Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Really? Dead. He did a lot of movies. A lot of movies. That's awful. Yeah, he's dead. However, he does not get the Silver Spotlight Award. Instead, that goes to... Uh, he Kirk Douglas, the screen legend. Yeah, I want to give it to Rip Torn. I thought about this. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to Rip Torn. Yeah. <laughs> Giving Kirk, the Silver Spotlight... Yeah, yeah to, to Rip Torn. To Rip Torn yeah. over Kirk Douglas. Well, look at Rip Torn. My God, look what he's done. The I mean, Beastmaster. <laughs> he was an American actor. He was in Cross Creek. He did... A lot of movies. Now, I did some research on this. He goes all the way back to two of my favorite movies when he was starting out. The Beastmaster. Ba- besides that, Babyface, I have a thing, and also a Face in the Crowd. He's in the film. A oh. face, he's a very small part. Face did in you the know crowd. he's in the Beastmaster? Whatever. Okay. But I want to say I really liked him in a yeah, TV I mean, series, Larry Sanders show. He's great in everything. He man. was great in everything. And uh, Kirk Douglas, eh, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to. Rip Torn. <clears throat> um, first of all, what a name, Rip Torn. I know. What's up with that? that that's got to be a fake name. He's got to be born like uh, yeah. Larry, Julius. Larry Abramowitz. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and then I'm, I'm surprised that Rip Torn died before Rip Taylor. Don't you feel like Rip I, Taylor should, should have been that, dead I first? I got those two confused. Well, how could you I not? Know. They're both, both named Rip. Rip. Both with Rip. And the second name is some means something. Torn, Taylor, they both start with a T. Yeah. So it's easy to, yeah. And if you have a rip, you might go to a tailor. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, right? This so, is really getting spooky. <laughs> spooky. And uh, <gasps> couldn't be further from one another. Yeah, Rip like, Taylor. He was a. Uh, flamboyantly gay, yeah, buckets conf- of confetti. 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 Right? Yeah. He used to be on The Tonight Show with confetti. <laughs> Hollywood squares, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Oh, he should be dead. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like AIDS should have claimed him in 1988? That's why there's no God. This doesn't make sense. He should be dead. (laughs) I hope I say his name next week. Oh, wow. So you're you're cursing him? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to give him the the silver spotlight? It's the wrong... Maybe. Maybe if Kirk Douglas dies again. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, hey, man. You want to do some top five? Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right, our top five this week is top five, what, Ira? Disgusting food scenes. Disgusting scenes. food Not scenes. Not necessarily movies, yeah. but the scenes. And uh, a few things. A, I love asking, do you think we'll overlap? I think we will on one or two. I do. 
I don't. Whoa! Because I think I have a, an idea of what yours are. There's one that we could overlap on. I agree, and that's my number one. But I don't think it's the one you think. Yes, it is. Is it a one-word title? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> um, disgusting food scenes, a few things, if I may. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be people. No? No. And we're going to have fun defining the word food, aren't we? Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. Right. I do want to point out yeah. that all of mine... Oh, no. All of mine... Oh, no. ...are in a four-year window. That's real interesting. All of them. My- I've never had... I have also realized, by the way... That the 1980s were the golden age of disgusting, disgusting. food scenes. Yeah, well, mine are in a 37-year window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who wants to go first? Wow, this is going to be interesting. Mm, what do you want? To, you want to go first? Or you want me to? You go first. All right. My first one comes from 1985. This is the oldest of the films on my list. Uh, from 1985, centering on a group of kids who are all put together in a school detention on a Saturday, and they bring their breakfast to Breakfast Club, and all the different styles of eating breakfast, and I don't know if you remember, but Ali Sheedy starts uh, busting open all of the packets of sugar, and they're all staring at her like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, and they're just watching her eat this really disgusting breakfast she's shaking the dandruff I remember the hair I remember yeah. the particles in her hair yeah. and it's all gross all over the table there's this great line of uh, uh, when they ask Anthony Michael Hall you know like who did your mom marry Mr. Rogers and he goes no Mr. Johnson <laughs> just doesn't, totally doesn't get it it's a great <laughs> scene that's very funny my number five 1985 nice. Breakfast Club nice nice alright what do you got okay my number five is a film in 1986 uh, it was based on a, a either a novel or short story. Uh, that's the one I thought we were going to overlap on, really? and that's where Stand we by me. Stand yep. by me. You Stand by me. So was that in your five? Yeah, it's in my top five. Okay. That's my number... But tell us about uh, it. Yeah, number five. And Rob Reiner, I always forget Rob Reiner. That was like his one of his first directing debuts, mm-hmm. Stand By Me. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, right? Right. And, and uh, he lost a lot of weight, even though he ate that pie. Mm. <laughs> but he still became quite thin as an actor. And I just remember... He didn't eat the pie. It's not. It's a story that Will was it Will Wheaton's character. Was it Will Wheaton? Yeah, that he's not in it either. It, it's a fictitious story. He's telling everybody a story around the campfire. Um, it's so him. his character doesn't actually no do it. It's no. fabricated. It's you, in your- you've crossed it. He is the fat kid. He so Jerry O'Connell is the fat kid in Stand by Me, but he's not the one that actually eats the pies. It's. Um, Lardass. The kid's name is Lardass. Oh my god! Look how I assumed it was Jerry O'Connor. I just did. Yeah, yeah. That's it's been a while, but you remember the they they all start puking. Yes, all over each that, other. And again, I haven't seen the movie since I saw it in the theater in nineteen eighty six. But that's that, it's cherry pie, wasn't it? I just remember cherry for some reason. Uh, I thought I it was, was like blueberry, blueberry or boysenberry. Blueberry. Yeah, but it was one of those. It wasn't apple. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was. It was like a dark blue red berry pie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was all over the faces with puking and so on. So I have the wrong guy. But that still is my number five disgusting food scene. Then that is a disgusting food scene. My number four comes from 1989, Uncle Buck. And there's a couple of great, again, breakfast scenes. It's it's amazing to me how much there's breakfast stuff, uh, disgusting breakfast stuff. But in Uncle Buck, he he's 
trying to make breakfast for everybody and he's putting like hot sauce on all their food and they come down in the morning like what the fuck are you making but there's a really great scene later on in the movie i don't know if you remember this or not but it's uh miles's birthday miles is macaulay culkin macaulay culkin runs downstairs it's for his birthday and uncle buck has dressed the entire kitchen with streamers and and all these like celebrations and he's been making these gigantic pancakes pancakes that are literally bigger than a manhole cover literally and and bigger and it's as big as the table and he it shows him making them and he's got a snow shovel that he's using as a Ah. spatula to flip these pancakes over and i and it's got this giant slab of butter on the top and I, i remember seeing that in the theater and every time i've watched it always made me laugh with just how gross and yet fun the whole thing ah was i love that that's scene. great that's great and uh it's one of it really cements uncle buck in your mind as like this gross guy and he has this strange way but it still kind of works out well I, you know i never saw it you haven't seen I it i never saw it. it's a really yeah. good movie yeah that's it's great. one of those 80s movies that i mean it just it's up there with so many of the other classics of uh, ferris bueller and and weird science these like classic 80s movies that were really funny and and really pulled off that kind of that charm of being in a chicago suburb and um i don't know, just family in the in the 80s and 90s there's something cool. just really honest about it what's nice. your number four my number four i think you're going to be impressed i'm mm-hmm. wondering if this too could be on your list it certainly could be 1967 Mm-mm. no it's not because all yours are when a few yeah late are, 80s yeah so there you go but I think you're still going to smile at this. Yeah. Cool hand, Luke. It's on, on my scoops. Yeah. Paul Newman, the eggs. The eggs. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I actually went to uh, YouTube last night and watched the scene again. Did you watch it? Because I wanted to make sure that it was disgusting. And it is. It's yeah, disgusting. It's pretty gross. With the eggs. And uh, what does he do? He has to eat so many eggs. In, in Is it by time or is it by the number of eggs? It's the number of the eggs. number of eggs. He's got to eat. I think in an hour. I think yes. it's in an hour. Yeah. And, 50 uh, eggs in an hour. Yeah. And the way it's shot. It, actually, it is very late 60s with the zoom lens. Right. You notice, you yeah. know exactly what I mean. I saw it recently. So it's a little bit dated that yeah. way. The scene is dated because they're making use of the zoom lens, but it still it still does what it's supposed to do. And uh, Paul Newman's character eating all them eggs. And Cool Hand Luke, that's my number four. That's a great scene. I love that yeah. scene. My number three, as I already mentioned, is from uh, 1986, the pie eating contest from Stand By Me. Uh, <clears throat> man, that... that I, you've already said it. We've already talked about you know, it. It's not Jerry O'Connell, by the it's way. It's not Jerry yeah, I just O'Connell. I you to know that. Oh, thanks. Thanks for telling me. Uh, it's a great scene. If you've not seen Stand By Me, that's yet another movie that really holds up. Uh, I feel like a lot of the kids' movies, like the teenage coming-of-age movies, we don't see very many of those anymore By in today's stand. I, I can't remember the last one that was, uh, I guess, like super bad or something like that. Hmm. There's, It's been a long time since some of those movies have come out. And they were really, really good in the late 80s and early 90s. And we just haven't seen too many of those since Mm -hmm, then. mm -hmm. Anyway, stand by me. Nice. What do you got? What's your number three? My number three is Dawn of the Dead. Now, listen, there are a whole (laughs) bunch of those. But Dawn of the Dead, the one in 2004. Yes. The remake one. Were they in the mall? Yes. That's a really good one. The mall, and again, the mall being a metaphor for our our, uh, buying stuff in our society, uh, consumerism, consumerism and so on. And there's quite a scene in there where, by the way, Zack Snyder, he directed that. Oh, was that Zack Snyder? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Uh, Zack directed that. And again, the zombies, and we don't have to say they're people, zombies eating flesh. So that's their food, and that's my number three. That's a really great call. Thanks, Good job, Ira. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I remember seeing that for the first time. And the opening scene, there's a, it's with the woman and she wakes up and her, 
next door neighbor, there's a kid who's a zombie who's broken into her house and is like chasing her into the bedroom. Do you remember this opening scene from that movie? Is that I, where they kill the kid? They kill the kid. That's right. It's, she's like a probably nine-year-old kid. That's right. And she like escapes out the window, but she has to kill this nine-year-old kid. And that was such a great opening. Yes, yeah, so you're just, unnerving. You're thrown it goes against in the grain of who we are as right. humanity. It's just killing a night. So let's fucking go. And that, you knew at that point this is going to be a bitchin' movie. And it was <laughs> it delivered. Yes. Yeah, of all the ones, that was really a solid movie. Uh, the, again, the one two thousand and four. So yeah, eating flesh. Uh, my number two is one that I thought of almost immediately when we put this together from nineteen eighty eight with Tom Hanks, the movie Big. Now, here's the scene. It's right when he gets really rich and he, or, no, I shouldn't say rich, but when he gets his first paycheck and he feels really rich. He's an adult now. And he and his best friend buy all the easy cheese and they have the easy cheese fight. Is it easy cheese or is it silly string? It's it a stringy cheese. String. It's a stringy cheese. Yeah. But. Oh, you know what? I might have fucked up because this might have been silly string now that I'm saying it out loud. But I remember them like puking up the silly string, like yeah, like, putting their nose. Well, they were kind of imagining as if they were yeah. barfing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that may not be food. That might be a silly string. I might have fucked my list up. Yeah, we'll let it slide. Uh, I suppose <laughs> they were emulating vomit. There you go. So that's close so enough. So that's close enough to uh, distur- disgusting. But that's one of the first scene. things I thought of. All right. It's a great movie. I think I might have fucked my list up, but that's I'm going to okay. keep it. I'll keep it anyway. Okay. What do you got? Good. What's your number two? Number two, Hannibal. Yeah. You knew. That's Is that on your my, scoop? That's on your scoop. scoop. 2001, um, it's Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. It's Ray Liotta. And I went back. I went to YouTube. I had a walk. And sure enough, is it with the way I remembered it, where it's the uh, the frontal co- co- lobe? The, yes. Yeah. And in other words, they removed half of his skull and um, Hannibal sauteed, <laughs> sauteed, and eating his, his brain. Just kind of scoops it out and eats his brain. So what's disgusting about that? Yeah, no. So what's wrong with me? Why would I put that on my list? Um, what a movie. We actually talked about it like a year and a half ago. Yeah. What a fucked up movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I think since it came out. It's and I just remember parts of it. it uh, it's it's quite. Julianne Moore is in it. Too. No, that's is that, was that, is that the, that's that's Hannibal. You're right. It was the Silence of the Lambs. Right. That was, of course, what's her nose? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what's her name, uh, Foster, Jodie Foster. Jody Foster. Right, right. But, did you uh, see the first one? Did you see Manhunter? No, it's that's good. the one I didn't see. Yeah, that's that's the one. one I didn't see. But uh, definitely Hannibal for most disgusting scene. Absolutely, poor Ray. Yeah, just eating his brain. My number one. My number one is from 1989. We reviewed it on this podcast. Really? Yep. Wait, wait, wait. Was it a prime? It's our primary. Well, it's movie 1989. Oh, so wait, that means well, it could have been a classic. It was a classic from 1989. Was that Alice? Does no. no. Wait a second. So the only classics we did was Annie Hall. No. Where, where the uh, UHF. There are so many <gasps> great, disgusting food scenes in that movie first of all there's a scene where he makes the twinkie wiener sandwich where he takes a (laughs) twinkie cuts it a hat in half and puts a hot dog in it and then sprays easy cheese on it and eats it uh with he dunks it in milk which is already disgusting there's the great scene where um his girlfriend makes 
mashed potatoes and he starts making like uh like closing clowners of thir- thir- and he something. starts making right. this giant mound of mashed potatoes um there's the scene where the kid finds the marble in the oatmeal and there's just so many great awful disgusting food scenes in that whole movie so i mean that had to be my number You're, one uhf that movie just resonates with you it really it does. does it's so stupid yeah. it's funny <laughs> so there you go yeah UHF, that's my number one. Great. My number one, Robert, you may remember, you sent me home with it about a year ago. About a year ago. I think you actually forgot that I took it home and I reminded you that, yeah, I took it home and I watched it and you fucked me up. I need therapy after seeing this 1975 movie called uh-huh. uh salo s-a-l-o salo salo and this is 120 days of sodom yeah yeah 120 days of sodom and it was fuck i mean you when i told you i hadn't seen the movie you said you've got to go home and watch this and it's it's a period horror art film and it is that it is an art film it has that sensibility and and a horror movie these wealthy world war ii these wealthy uh, Italians who kidnap 18 teenagers mm-hmm. and put them through a lot nine of... Nine boys, nine girls. Yep, nine boys, nine girls. And they're they're exposed to violence and sexual torture and sadomasochistic stuff, including uh, eating uh, nails and shit. Yes. Thank Human you. shit. Yeah, yeah. Because I actually was going to include pink flamingos, mm. you know, where Divine eats the dog shit at the end. And I thought, well, I shouldn't have both in there with eating shit. I don't want to do that twice. I'm going to go with uh, Salo. I want to pronounce it right. Salo. Salo. S-A-L-O. What a what a movie. By the way, we talked about this before. The uh, the director who died mysteriously. Right? Yeah. You know that story. So we, supposedly we he was going to get some footage. Somebody had stolen some of the footage from the movie. He was going to get it back and he got run over. Uh, and nobody ever found That's out crazy shit. who killed him. That's crazy. Well, the movie was banned, as you know. It has quite right. a, so I think that there were some uh, questionable activities going on there. What a fucked up movie. I'm Thank surprised you. you didn't put Pink Flamingo on there. Pink Flamingo famously divine eat, do, eats the dog shit. Eats right, the dog shit. Right, I was going to do that, but instead I replaced it with this one instead. All right. Yeah, dog shit, dog shit. I thought I'd go with this one. I have a bunch of scoops one. here. Do you have a lot of scoops? I don't have a lot. What are some of yours? Man, I thought one for sure that would be on your really? list. Really? Animal House. You know, I, okay, I sure... I sure thought about that. Was it a... Well, here, I'm a zit. Okay, then popping the... And, but is it really disgusting eating? I really thought about this. Well, it's disgusting Or is it throwing? Uh, what do we have? Disgusting foods. Food well, scenes. food scenes. We don't say eating necessarily. Right. That supports your point of view, that Animal House. I, I thought for sure you were going to put that yeah. on there. Okay, what else? Um, the Goonies with the Baby Ruth. I don't know if that was so disgusting as it was just kind of a, a, I don't know, the disgusting character who always wanted a Baby Ruth. Rocky, where he's eating the raw eggs. Oh, you're right. That was a pretty good you're scene. Right. I thought you're that right. might have been on yours. Yeah. Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, where they go to the Indian uh, feast and they cut open the snakes. All the snakes come out. They eat the beetles and then they open up the chilled monkey brains and they eat the monkey. Do you remember this scene? I do. Now I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, the movie Hot Shots. But I don't know if you ever saw that movie. That was back when, uh, like in the airplane right. style. Right. But there's this great... <laughs> This great scene where um, Charlie, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's what's his uh, name? Sheen. Charlie Sheen is making love to the the female lead, and they they keep talking about having breakfast. He's gonna make breakfast on her, and he starts to kind of he literally uses her stomach as like a skillet to cook these eggs and it's oh I like that. It's just, it's so hot. Wait, yeah, that's not disgusting. That's erotic. 
It's kind of weird, though. I mean, it is weird. A, it starts out erotic, but it starts getting really kind of like this is fucking weird. It's I, not on my top five. I'd love to eat sushi off my girlfriend's belly, but it's not. He starts cooking eggs. Oh. He's literally <laughs> frying <laughs> eggs on her stomach. Uh, cool hand Luke. Close Encounters. We already mentioned Neon Demon. I think you know what was eaten there. An eyeball. Yeah. Fuck, that's good, Robert. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So those are some of my scoops. That's really good. I, I think I mentioned this one time, eating Raul, does that mean anything to you? No. Uh, I think I've heard, heard of that. Eating a human being at the end when uh. they, they eat a bad person. Um, and um, yeah, I did some last minute shifting too, and I'm glad I did not include, of all things, you're going to roll your eyes, Willy Wonka, because it is a little bit disgusting with the chocolate mm-hmm. river yeah. and it, the, the gluttony. Now there, there's gluttony. gluttony. There, there's gluttony. So I had that on there and I crossed it off at the last minute, but... Um, there was a famous scene in the movie Tom Jones uh, where they, it's not disgusting, but it's very erotic and lovemaking where the man and woman are eating chicken and then they. Wasn't it nine and a half weeks? Oh, that's of... good too. Food played an important part in that film. Yeah. Yeah. To go along with the. But fucking... I don't think that was disgusting. No, it wasn't disgusting. It was just erotic. Unless you're a prude. Well, yeah. Yeah. Stinking prude. This was good. We had some good ones here, huh? Yeah, man. No. Overlapping. Wait, 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 wait. No, stand, by, stand me. by me. We both had stand by me. I'm surprised there wasn't more overlapping. No. That no. was the one that I thought we probably would overlap if right. we did overlap. Right, right. Hey, man, we did it. We did without producer Joey. Yeah, yeah fuck we that don't bitch. need we her. We don't need her. We don't. So, okay, we, Robert. We do need her. <laughs> yeah, so it's just you and me. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Everything's good. The marriage. Uh, do you want to talk to us? Well, about we're anything? getting divorced next week. But other kid, than that, everything's fine. Is the baby prying you apart or bring you closer together? I would say bring us closer. It together. is, isn't it? Yeah, that's wonderful. We're already really close, though. Yeah, I know that. I can tell. I miss her. Mm. Yeah, maybe she'll be back next week. Yeah, or you just keep coming over to my place. You know, when you saw the baby last time, she really lit up. She was smiling. How do you know about this? You told me. Oh, something happened. I had to go to. Robert's house to pick up a package, and um, yeah, to pick up my package. <laughs> and Joey came downstairs. I, I te- I'm here. She came downstairs, and she held your Madeline in her arms, and um, and Madeline looked at me and grinned. She just smiled. She recognized me. She knows who I am, and my heart melted. My heart melted, and I found myself saying to Joey, I said. Pointing to the, I said, you two are the most important girls in my life. And Joey looked at me and Madeline looked at me and I kissed them both. And, and Madeline had, said, had, bullshit. And I had sex with your wife. Then I went home. Cool. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Sloppy seconds. But that <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, no, she just looked at me and she smiled. She just, I, I, that, and I, I think you acknowledge it when you go to work in the morning. Yeah. She smiles at you. It's infectious, man. Oh. Would she recognize? Well, you don't like the smiles? word infectious. You said that a few weeks ago because it has a negative connotation. It does. It yeah. does. It, but it's 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 infectious. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. It's just like it, my, my heart melted. Yeah. She just a little uh, three month old, three three month old, four now, four four months old, and she looked at me and she just smiled and lit up. She looked right at my eyes and I thought, doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, it's great. Yeah. You should get one, dude. Yeah. What? A wife or a child? Either. Either, or both. Maybe one ah, person. Careful. Can, all right, never. Okay. All right. Careful. Yeah. Okay. One girl at a time. Okay. Hey, right. man. Uh, if anybody else has any uh, disgusting food scenes, you know what they can do? I know what they can do. What can they do? They can write to us at Robert at antiwavepodcast.com or and slash or Ira at antiwavepodcast.com. 
Or they can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at AntiWavePod. That's right. We're, we're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the pies and Stand By like Me. We are we're like all, all over, over the, the place. place. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, go to Podbean. Go to our website. Or you can go to Patreon. Throw us a few bucks over there and keep the sprocket holes moving. Hey, man, next week we're going to watch a movie. Yeah, do you know what it's called? Though? Do you I, remember? I do. you do. remember? Art of the deal the art of the self-defense art of the deal wait that's trump's book isn't that it? is the art of the deal is uh, art of self-defense art so. of self-defense okay so we're gonna check that out good uh, that should be in theaters this week so go check out art of self-defense and we'll talk about it with you next week you got it and uh thank producer joey i guess for well, she's not here so uh, what the fuck did she do yeah, fuck producer joey. are we she gonna thank her yeah. Yeah. thanks joey for yeah. bailing on us yeah you know what thank you for taking care of the baby while we record well, that's her job she's the mother <laughs> wow i guess we wonder why we don't have more listeners than we have all right well uh until then the three listeners that we do have won't be listening next week so we'll be down to half a listener uh but until that happens yes keep watching movies and we'll help you sort them out god lives underwater <laughs> You idiot.